Welcome back to the Expansion Pack Podcast, where we download this week's content and bring it to you. I'm one of your hosts, of course, Manny, a.k.a. the Goop Master Flex, followed by my wonderful co-host, Denzo, a.k.a. the Black Ice 8. If you want to introduce yourself, you can. What's up, people? What's up? As well as Chris, a.k.a. the M-A-Y-2-5-T-H-X-X. Y'all already know how it is, man. Another... Uh, it's another week, uh, you know, like gaming news, but we do got some, of course, uh, news in the world of TV shows as well as cinema. So, um, but before we get in, uh, we'll start off with what are we playing this week, guys? Start off with uh, my boy Denzel. All right. Yeah, you go first. Bro. All right. All right. Um, <clears throat> what I'm playing hasn't really changed too much, to be real with you guys. Um, still plugging away slowly at the medium. Largely didn't play it as much this week uh, because this week was, uh, was Destiny week, right? I'm, I'm sure this is going to dip into a little bit of what Chris is talking about, but we had the new season drop, the season of The Chosen. Um, so I've been diving into that with Chris and uh, some of our other buddies and uh, grinding that out, trying to get some new exotics, uh, get some new quests out of the way. And that's that's pretty much been my main focus for the week. Um, yeah, just Destiny 2, really. Nope, nope, nope. How about you, Chris? Well, I got the same answer as uh, good old black eyes over here. Um, y'all already know, especially because I talked all that shit about a week and a half ago about uh, how Destiny needs to step it up. And I'm not absolving them of all their sins. But, gotta say, some of these weapons is kind of hitting, bro. They kind of... <laughs> they kind of hitting, hitting, you know what I'm saying? Like, this is this is part of what I need, something to chase, so... Yeah, no, it's been, I haven't really touched anything else, to be honest. Maybe, I think I played COD for a little bit, a little bit, like a while ago or something like that. But, yeah, since Tuesday, season of the Chosen, fam, you know, just been out here. Dope, dope. Yeah, I've been, I've been uh, mostly Warzone this week. Um, I'm also been diving in a little bit on uh, some of the classic Grand Theft Auto games. I don't know why, I've just been like, <laughs> I just uh, recently bought it on Steam because it was on sale. Uh, I think it was like 50% off or something like that. Oh, okay. So I've also been, you know, taking the lane to uh, the old days, uh, you know, since uh, Grand Theft Auto was like one of the first series <laughs> I played growing up and all that kind of stuff. So I've been playing that, Warzone. Haven't got a dub this week, sadly, but, you know, I mean, I still feel good playing it. <laughs> but, you know, this week or this episode wouldn't be like any other episode without the icebreaker. So, Chris, I'll uh, hand it off to you. Oh, I'm going blurry. Oh, oh I got it. All right, there it goes. <laughs> you got to have it. Kind of reminds me of Nick Merckx, you know, when he does the whole, like the video, bro. <laughs> <laughs> All right, <I> bet. <laughs> Anyways, <laughs> um, this week's icebreaker. So, what we got for y'all today is name one save file from a while back ago that you no longer have access to either because of corruption or you lost the, the, the memory card. I know a lot of people out here, a lot of the younger viewers, y'all don't know what a memory card is. <laughs> um, 
but <laughs> back in the day, they were very they were a very crucial part of gaming that you could not do your gaming without. You needed your memory card, especially if you know remember the PlayStation days, you know. So what I'm trying to get at is, what's one save file that you wish you can go back to right now that you don't have it anymore? Because I feel like even now, especially with all the cloud saving stuff, it's a lot easier to do stuff like that. You could like not play a game for like two years and come back, and then it's like, oh yeah, cool, you know. Whereas you know back in the day it was different. So yeah, um, <clears throat> I'm gonna start this one off because I don't actually think I have one at all. I. <laughs> been racking my brain since uh chris posed the question to us off air and i literally don't think i have one <clears throat> the last time i remember actively using a memory card i mean xbox 360 for a short period of time but even before that had to be gamecube um i can't think of a time where i lost the data like lost the memory card or like the data got corrupted like i've been like knock on wood pretty lucky uh yeah. So yeah, I, I I think I'm gonna have to sit this one out. I don't think I actually have an answer, but Manny, go for it, man. Yeah, I know what you mean because I I remember I think the original Xbox you didn't really need a memory card. I think they had like some internal saving, but you mean the 360 or the original like OG? Xbox? I think the I think the original like yeah because yeah I don't OG think Xbox I had, had a pretty big, <laughs> massive hard drive inside of it. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, the 360 yeah. I think had a, a <clears throat> so the. You had the option to use memory cards, but it also had, like, a hard drive on the top. Mm-hmm. But I think eventually, like, maybe halfway through the generation, they enabled cloud savings, so. Yeah, yeah. so that really ain't matter for some people, you know, yeah. for all those younger people. Uh, yeah, I remember those go- uh, glory days playing the PlayStation 2 and, you know, me not having a memory card and having to keep my system on all day, every day, just to, you Yo. know, get through the game. Oh, shout out to the unfortunate ones that they, they couldn't have a memory card. But um, wow, I, would, I forgot I about for that. Today, um, honestly, my pick is kind of a recent game. Um, is The Last of Us Two. Uh, so what ended up happening was uh, when I transitioned from the PS4 Pro to the PlayStation Five, I thought I saved it in the cloud, which I'm pretty sure I did because like my other saved data for other games were there. Um, so what ended up happening was when I transferred to the PS5, they said that my saved data wasn't there, so I ended up having to start a new game. But I was, like, right at the end of The Last of Us 2, and I'm so upset because, like, you know, I told one of my coworkers where I was at, and he said, yeah, you're, like, literally five minutes away from beating the game. And I was like, really? <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> now, that's that's going to be my pick, you know, for a save game file that I wish I could have back because, honestly, like, I was playing on, like, the hardest difficulty, and it took me almost 30 hours to get to that point. So, mm. damn. Wait, so where's your <clears throat> old PlayStation, then? PlayStation 5? I sold it like oh, man. way before it be, I be, I was able to finish it. Sadly, that mm. sucks. That sucks. That sucks. Mm. <clears throat> that's that's rough. Ah uh, shit! My answer is uh, <sighs> I think there's gonna be a couple people out there who feel me on this one, so <laughs> I gotta take it back to the day day because I am no longer a spry young chicken. Um. <laughs> Back in my uh, back when I was like, what I want to say, like ten or eleven, I wanted a Game Boy more than anything because I was big on Pokemon. Everybody in my classroom had one. I needed a Game Boy, you know, I mean, more than Air, bro. I needed a Game Boy. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> and 
it took me about a year and a half, I want to say, to finally get my hands on one from somebody in my family bought me one eventually for like Christmas or some shit. Anyways, long story short, I would leave my Game Boy at home in like my my, my bedroom drawer, like next to my bed or whatever. One day I came home from school and I log on because that's the first thing I go to do. And you know like how you have to create your own like character and you give him a name and all this other bullshit? So I log on and my creative character's name is DDFHGXXX99, a bunch of random letters and numbers and bullshit. And I was like, the fuck happened? So I opened the file and I'm looking in it. So my little brother apparently done got his hands on my Game Boy and he couldn't read or nothing at the time. He didn't know, how, he didn't know what the fuck he was doing. He went in there. He didn't know what he was doing, but he knew how to save, though. He figured out how to save. You know, he knew how to overwrite a file. Um, so he did that to me. I was pissed. I said, okay, whatever. I can start from scratch. Cool. Bruh. So I stopped hiding it in my drawer next to my bed. And I said to myself, all right, I'm going to put it in my closet. I'm going to put it up real high. He's not tall enough to reach this thing. There's no way. And it's underneath clothes. Ain't no fucking way this little boy could find this thing. No way. Fam. Fam. Came back about two days later, clipped my John on. XXHD22. Maybe he changed a couple of the numbers. He done did it again. Damn. He done did it again. Maybe and, that's and where Chris got the ice I don't know where he, how he got up there. To this day, I can't tell you. This boy was very short because he was like, it was like four or five. Something. No, no, no. Uh, he wasn't that old because by then he was starting to be able to read and shit. He was a little younger than that. But long story short, the point of what I'm trying to say is I don't know how he got there. He ain't had no ladder. He ain't had no way to do this. But somehow he figured out a way to get in my closet. He knew it was in my closet. He knew how to get to the top shelf in my closet just to play my damn Game Boy and restart my file again. Damn. He's persistent. Yeah. <clears throat> <sighs> Hey, man, it's just like, you know, being a kid and trying to reach for the cookies. You know what I'm saying? He was reaching for the cookies. Damn, uh, <laughs> needed to go reach for, like, a hobby or something. That's what he needed to go do. <laughs> Leave my shit alone. Uh, he probably wouldn't remember that. If I brought it up today, I'd be like, you remember when you did that to me? What are you talking about? Mm-hmm. I know. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Yeah, and then, like, <laughs> and then, like, games like um, Pokemon 2, we can only have one save file. One save, bro. Yeah, that's one save. That just like, I want to start my own game. Yo, you don't know what it's like, yo. Some of that Pokemon stuff is hard to grind for, bro. You can oh, find man. you a shiny. Like. <laughs> yo, shinies are rare. They're like, you might not see a shiny for five years playing a Pokemon game. You dead ass just might not. You catch yourself one of them, it's like a trophy. And for somebody to just come out of nowhere and just XX9HDOS. <laughs> oh, that's that's going to be the new term now. <laughs> <laughs> XX9DOS. Oh, oh man. Damn, that's crazy. But yeah, that's my answer. That is oh, my answer. Oh boy. Well, uh, shout out to XX9DOS, whatever. <laughs> but to go in our first piece of news for that we have uh, for you guys this week, uh, EA, not EA, oh my goodness. E3 has announced uh, the dates for uh, this year's conference. I know, uh, well, we all know last year's conference sadly was canceled. Mm. And we all was ready for that trip, but I'm now we got 
Still heard over Same there, here, bro. same here. It looks like it's going to be a, fir- a virtual show this year. Um, you know, uh, yeah. I mean, it looks like they're actually doing it. Yeah, and um, I <laughs> I know you got a little mixed up on saying EA and uh, E3 and whatnot, but the, the ESA, who's the <clears throat> company who actually runs the E3 um, Expo and kind of gets everything together, <clears throat> they announced this week that basically it's going to be an all-digital event which is kind of something that we expected already, yeah. obviously, you know, pan- pandemic's still going on. So, you know, we can't necessarily meet in person just yet. But, um, but yeah, <clears throat> it's, it's pretty big news for them to come right out and say, you know, th- we're, we're definitely going all in on having an all digital event. Um, they're working together with vendors and <clears throat> publishers and so on and so forth to try to really pull something together to be, you know, pretty much as cohesive as we possibly can get from what we expect from E3, right? Um, you know, I, I think, I, well, I, I can speak for myself. I feel like it was a pretty clear void outside of the fact that, you know, we were all supposed to go down to LA to go to uh, to E3 last year. You know, with the absence of that, I think the, the gaming industry really felt that. Um, it was really hard to get news kind of all centralized in one location, like Jeff Keighley, as much as he tried, he had the Summer Games Fest thing, but I felt like it it went on for too long and it was a little too sporadic. Like, it was like, I don't know, like, PlayStation would announce, like, the day beforehand, like, oh, we're doing a state of play, but it's like, we don't really know, like, is this a state of play where you're showing, like, some mini games that we've already seen? Is this, like, are we going to see Horizon Forbidden West? Like, like we had, we, we didn't have a good feeling of, like, what was really important and what wasn't. It was just a constant dump of information. And I think the good thing about E3 in the past was it was everybody getting together for this one, you know, week stretch uh, with a constant information dump of of data. And it was a way to get all eyes on the gaming industry at one time. You know, Um, yeah, I remember when when E3 E3 would come around, it wasn't just the thing that only gamers cared about. Right. Like I remember seeing E3 talked about on like CNN and like Fox Business and so on and so forth. Like it was it was an opportunity for all eyes to be on the gaming industry at one time. So I, for one, am really excited to see that it's coming back in some form. And it seems like they have a couple tricks up their sleeve. You know, some things that we've even talked about in the past ourselves, uh, you know, it seems like they, they are fully planning on doing uh, basically streaming demos, which is really exciting. So <clears throat> according to uh, this article here from Video Game Chronicle, they say the ESA also says it will allow partner companies to remotely stream playable game demos to the media across thousands of scheduled meetings with one-on-one assistance from developers. Many companies have used similar on-demand streaming solutions during the pandemic to allow media to remotely play their games for preview purposes. So it sounds like you know they're kind of putting pulling together the trade show side of things so that journalists are going to get their hands on you know uh, game demos for the first time. You know. Uh, it, it's pretty common for those closed behind closed door demos. Like I want to say two years ago, you know, when um, Cyberpunk was just really getting released into the world, a lot of people were raving about it from games media side because they got a chance to play the game behind closed doors. So you know, it's good to see that that type of stuff is coming back in some form or fashion. And you know, hopefully, us as gamers will also get the opportunity to play some of those demos, you know, through XCloud or whatever other solutions that may come up in the future. But yeah, um, what do you guys think about this? Um, Manny, I'll let you, you know, start it off. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, <clears throat> definitely, you know, I know we all talked about 
if E3 is even going to be a thing. It's, uh, you know, it's still a good thing. E3 still, you know, always have a place, you know, in my heart, especially waiting for the summertime uh, and, uh, like, around the June months, you know, seeing when new games coming out, with the big announcements. So I'm excited that it's coming back, you know, hopefully, you know, that they are able to partner up with, you know, like Microsoft and all these other uh, companies to do a show, um, to do something big, to keep up the... E3 going, the E3 experience going. Um, one thing I was thinking, too, is, like, you know, I wonder if it's going to be, like, one of those things, too, in order to, like, take part on the demos. Like, you know how you had to, like, pretty much buy the tickets? Mm-hmm. I wonder if it's going to be something like that, where it's, like, if you want to take part in, like, this exclusive, like, demo and stuff like that, you just have to, like, buy, like, a ticket. And then, like, the ticket allows you to, like, be able to, you know, maybe go to like some exclusive like Zoom meeting or whatever, or even um, you know, just a link to whatever game that they have to showcase that you're able to like play, uh, you know, stream for a demo. So I'm actually excited to see uh, how this whole E3 works out. Yeah, I think the yeah the buying a ticket thing is an interesting concept. Definitely doesn't seem to be something they've alluded to as of yet, but <clears throat> you know, I can see them. It, it looks like based off of what we saw last year, they're, they're, they're looking to make it more fan-centric, like E3 as a whole. So, yeah, I I could see them doing that, you know, charge whatever amount for uh, a day ticket or a, a weekly ticket or, you know, whatever it ends up being. <clears throat> and you have access to streaming demos or, you know, some some Zoom meeting where it's just a panel of people talking about, a particular game they're talking about halo development or talking about uh, horizon you know there's so many different things that they can do mm-hmm. with it um yeah I'm, I'm definitely really interested to see as well uh but yeah chris what do you think man um i mean i'm happy we're getting something but i mean i can't act like i'm not disappointed in terms of uh you know the fact that we're just not getting the actual event it's not anybody's fault. I'm not mad at anybody or anything like that. It just still kind of stings a little bit on my end in terms of that. Because um, one of the biggest things that I was looking forward to when we were supposed to go out there was not only um, you know being able to be in that atmosphere, but it was more like the networking opportunities and being able to really like meet people face-to-face and connect and even in some cases go to some of the little side events or whatever. And, and, and really just get to build relationships with folks, like, outside of our bubble. You know what I'm saying? Mm. Which is it's still possible digitally, but it, it's not the same. Yeah. be 100% real. It's nowhere near the same. So I I don't know how they could probably go about trying to be creative about something like that. But, again, I'm not going to, like, act ungrateful or anything like that. I'm happy we're getting something. I do think that this year's... I think gaming in general for this year, and even maybe not even just gaming, but the whole rest of the world, we had a whole year of COVID and the pandemic, and we pretty much spent a lot of 2020 reacting, I feel like, to it. So I feel like 2021, yeah, we're still going through it, but we're way better equipped to, um, to do things. So I expect a way more concise event, a, lot, a way more streamlined thing in terms of uh you know the game announcements and even the you know the playable stream demos and all that kind of stuff i think it's going to go a lot more smoothly this year mm-hmm. last year it was really disjointed because i remember a lot of times you would tell me like you'd be like hey uh i think ubisoft is doing a, a random event and it'd be just on random days mm-hmm. 
and I, I I wouldn't know about half of them until like they were already live, and it was just a really like they were trying. I'm not mad at them. I get it. It's a short notice, and you got to just kind of like come up with something. But last year was really just all over the place. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I think I think it'll be a lot better this year in terms of that. And you know maybe maybe down the road if we ever get back to somewhere cool, we could figure out a way to like get those networking opportunities back to where they could be, but. That was big, especially like for us. Like I was like, man, we're just starting now. We're really trying to do this stuff. We can get out there and meet some of these people. Who knows? Maybe one of these big streamers takes a liking to one of us and says, "Oh, let me help you guys." You know, just stuff like that was mm-hmm. ah, it sucks. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah. I mean, um, I, I still there's still room for it though. You know, we, there is. It's just yeah, you got to work a little little harder at yeah. it, and it's like yeah. not that face to face. So it's just. You know, you gotta wait for an email response from somebody, yeah, or you yeah. might have to go get in somebody's DMs or something like that. But it is what it is. Um, next but year. overall, next year, next year, yeah, maybe it's different well, next year. We never know. People are getting vaccinated slowly, and maybe they'll have something. Like I don't think we'll ever get a game floor though ever again. Like, and if they do, it's going to be way different in years out type of thing. Because to me, when I think about those kind of venues, it's way too many people in a condensed area, and they're like literally touching elbow to elbow. I don't think we're going to get stuff like that for a while. Like, mm-hmm. so even if they did an E3 in the future, I kind of see it like how they do it with the sports games now. Cause some of the, like the basketball arenas allow like maybe 4,000 fans in mm-hmm. and they're super scattered. Like, right. Like it's just like, you see like a cluster of folks and then mad empty seats around them. And then another cluster of folks. Yeah. I could see stuff like that maybe getting to a point, but mm-hmm. again, that's like two, three years out. Maybe if, really? it, two, depending. Three years? I think I think if it's it's obviously dependent on how things go with this vaccine, right? <clears throat> we know how things are going in the states right now. You know, they're they're supposed to be injecting a, a whole pile of money into their, our vaccination efforts. So, assuming that goes well, I could realistically see you know a short floor next year. Like if if we're really? ta- if we're talking wow. about June twenty twenty two, I could see a show floor opening up June twenty twenty two. But, in the same capacity as it used to be? Not well, not necessarily in the same capacity, but I, I, okay. So let's say if there were, I don't know, if there were forty thousand people at E three in years past, maybe there's mm-hmm. thirty thousand or twenty thousand, right? But I also feel like there will be that requirement of you need the vaccine, <laughs> like, like mm-hmm. I, and, I, and that's and that's tough, right? That's like a tough thing to to necessarily go through, but I think they will be those types of event, events will be looking for. Are you vaccinated? Like, if not, mm. and I and I guess I could see if there's some backlash on trying to figure out people are vaccinated and trying to, I guess, how do you really confirm that? Verify. I, I'm, I'm yeah, sure there yeah, are ways. They're gonna do it on somebody's license or something, probably. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. 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 I'm, I'm sure there are ways, but I guess. All right. Here, here's the better way to put it. If there's a system in place to determine if people are vaccinated, and it's reliable, by next year. I could see short floors opening up. If that's still like a wishy-washy thing where it's like, oh, I can't really prove it to you, yada, yada, yada. Then, yeah, I think we're still a couple years out. And you'd have mm. to wait for like, you know, this thing to essentially die off. But, yeah, I I could see them trying to do something next year. I mean, they do have COVID sniffing dogs, so. <laughs> <laughs> what the? Yo, they just want to be outside the gates with like nine dogs. Bro. I mean, the Miami Heat do so, that now with the, uh, you know, with the fans coming in attendance to the stadium. They have the COVID. What do the dogs, dogs do when they react to the COVID? Do they just bark a lot, or do they like do they attack? I'm like, sorry. What's how going can a on? dog smell that you have COVID? 
That's what I was, I mean, I don't know how it works, but I, mean, I just, and I'm not, I don't want to like, I want to trash on Florida. I love you, but y'all are wild. Like y'all got some wild stuff going on down there. You got a rag. I'm like, come here, boy. It's got the COVID on it, boy. Come here. Come here. You got the scent. You got it. He's got it. Go ahead, boy. Get the COVID. Go get it. Uh, I was like, you know, when when it first when I first saw it, I was like, yo, oh I feel bad for whoever got COVID because so <laughs> that dog stupid. attacks you, you're gonna be done. Uh, like, just, I don't know, I'm trying to train the dogs, but you know, that's just a different subject. That's just, that's I just, just can't so imagine weird. that. I just that's funny. That's <clears> super <throat> funny. Got the scent on the rag, sent the dog out, bro. <laughs> yeah. I get the scent on the rag, you just like somebody who has it, like your cough on his rag real quick. Dog, bro, that's what you need. <laughs> like, you got it, boy, you got it. All right, go and get. Yeah, that's probably the dumbest thing I've ever heard. I'm sorry. I okay, but yeah, but yeah. I mean, you know, we'll see. We'll see how things go with with E3. <laughs> hopefully, I'm hopefully excited, by though. next year. Hopefully by next year, you know, we're, we're we're at least trying to get back to some level of normal. I'm really looking forward to the digital event, though. You know, even even if it just pulls together basic levels of information. Um, if, if we could at least just get back to the the cadence of, okay, like Sunday, Microsoft has their event. Mm-hmm. Monday morning, or actually, well, even before that, Saturday would be EA's thing. And then Sunday would be Microsoft's thing. And then you got Sony going. And then you got Ubisoft. And so, like, if we could get at least that cadence of things happening for this digital event so that, like, boom, the major players are getting all their information out there. And, you know, content creators like us can, like, dissect that stuff and kind of bring it to bring it to you guys the viewers like i think that is uh, that's a large part of what made e3 such a big deal it was just a really good way for media to come together and put put together information to present to you know viewers get the information out there so i think that's largely what the esa's role is in all of this and it seems like you know at least based off the information that we have so far it seems like they're working towards it so as long as it's not just a, a complete cutoff and cancel, if E if E three can live in some form or fashion, I'm happy. Tell y'all what though, man. Regardless of what shape or form E three is given to us to this year, Nintendo better come with some kind of announcement this year. That's all I know. Y'all better come with some, some. You, you got. That's you all got, I know. You got to cut that out of your head now, bro. Nah, fam, I'm holding to now. it. There's a scar for life. Nope. <laughs> Cut that out of your head right up. now. Just, just expect a new fighter, and then you'll be fine. <laughs> if they do a whole new two, 2021 E3, all they got is a new fighter, and that fighter not even in. Mm. 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 Yeah, no. Just don't get your hopes up. Don't get your hopes up. But um, but yeah, we'll we'll, we'll jump to the jump to the next topic for now. Um, I guess <clears throat> the next two topics back to back are kind of. Not not necessarily gaming related, but you know, gaming adjacent. Um, so we've gotten a lot of news about the Borderlands movie this week. So they've officially announced some some castings. Uh, some some of which we've had we've heard a couple things about previously, but um, just to kind of get right into it. So this week they announced that Jack Black is going to play Claptrap. Really interesting. Uh, Kevin Hart's going to play Roland, which I believe we heard about. A couple weeks back, Jamie Lee Curtis is going to play Tannis. 
also very interesting to me. Tannis does not look, and I'm not trying to talk shit about Jamie Lee Curtis, but Tannis does not look old. So I don't know what's happening there, but whatever. And then we got Kate Blanchett playing Lilith, which I actually think is like a perfect casting. That like sounds dope to me. So yeah, um, what do you guys think about this? Chris, I'll let you start it off. You play Borderlands, so you know you know what's up. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think if they do it correctly, it can be pretty dope. Like, so the vibes I kind of like automatically go to is like uh, like a Guardians of the Galaxy kind of thing. But then, like, I guess there's some Jumanji stuff in there too, a little bit. But that's the vibe because just based on how the, the games are, you know, the games are very silly and funny yep. and and upbeat and they have memorable moments and their characters are very well fleshed out and yeah. there's a there's a certain charm to borderlands you know what i'm saying and i kind of feel like yeah that's 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 kind of the vibe i'm getting from this a little bit um yeah the jamie lee curtis casting i ain't gonna hold you i don't even know what's good with that i think her bear she got to buy her uh, her agent a bottle of wine or something because uh, yeah. he done knocked one out the park with this one. Uh, somebody did. Um, but yeah, I think it's going to be cool. It's going to be Jack Black as a claptrap. He's not my favorite actor out there, but when he does roles like this, he he shines. He's going to he, kill He it. definitely can shine, yeah. He's going to kill it. I think so. Um, so yeah, man, I'm, I'm excited for it. I hope it doesn't take forever to come out. I think this could be something that we could... Uh, Definitely, hopefully, again, if the world goes back to normal, make this like you know, uh, X Pack, you know, movie going event or something. Mm. You know what I'm saying that'd be kind of cool. Oh, yeah, get some people out there. You know, we all about the movie theaters watching this damn Borderlands and we do an X Pack review or something. We need more movie games to movies, that's what we need to have happen. We need more of that. So, yeah. you know, I think, uh, yeah, I think it's gonna be cool. I hope, I hope. That they capture the the weapons element in the movie somehow though I don't know how they're gonna really do that, mm. but like they need to like somehow at least maybe they'll give every character maybe like their own signature weapon that's like really outlandish. Yeah. But they got to come up with some kind of way to capture that element of the game because that that's Borderlands, mm-hmm. R- ridiculously outlandish, overpowered weapons that just make you feel like a god all the time. So like, I don't know how they're gonna do that, but I'm curious to see how they tackle it. Yeah. You know. Also, so, the weapons—the yeah. weapons all have like personality too, right? Like <clears throat> in their own ways. So yeah, I hope they find a way to do that. But it's great, Manny. I'll get you in one second. But it's crazy because you mentioned the Guardians of the Galaxy thing, and like <clears throat> for some reason I didn't think of it that way. So, so for those who don't know, Eli Roth is supposed to be directing this, and he's kind of more known for horror movies. But for some reason, I feel like he would do the Guardians of the Galaxy like vibe really well like his horror movies have a weird charm to them and so like and like almost like crude humor too and i feel yeah, like that yeah. actually might be perfect for borderlands so mm-hmm. i didn't really put two and two together but like yeah i like that i like that Damn, yeah. Man. Yeah. but yeah man go ahead man sorry i didn't mean to <laughs> you're all good um black Je- uh, yeah, Jack Black. Black. I said Black. 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 <laughs> Black I Jack. Know, hey, you know, back, you know what I'm saying? Uh, you know, my gambling ways are over. Now let me stop. But you know, I was uh, you know, I wasn't really surprised, but then I was surprised because I was like, I'm, you know, Claptrap. You know, wasn't really like a character. He was just like a robot. I'm surprised they didn't just like hit up the dude that you know played Claptrap and was like, or or like voiced him and just like 
go to the movie, but you know what I'm saying? You can't keep uh, Jack Black and Kevin Hart apart. You know what I'm saying? You gotta. I'm sure they're gonna have like some kind of you know chemistry together in the movie. And Jack Black, you know, from all his previous movies, you already know he's a Larry's dude. So yeah, I, I feel like Jack Black got chemistry with just about anybody. And Claptrap really does interact with all the different characters. Yeah. So I feel like it's that's kind of why I feel like it's a perfect casting. But yeah, yeah. I, I I mean, like I said, I just think the movie the movie's gonna be a banger. I I, I already feel it. You know what I'm saying? It's Borderlands. You can't mess it up. There's no way you can mess it up. You can mess it up. You can mess up anywhere. You can mess up anything. It, you know, it's it's different because it's a it's a you know game that's brought, you know being to a movie. So you know what I'm saying. It's the other way around that people say you know that's what it messes up. So I got faith. You know, I think Borderlands movie is gonna hit. I, I I'm I'm just gonna say game to movie adaptations get messed up very often. Like mm-hmm. again, well, we, we don't we, talk about Mortal Kombat. <laughs> yeah, Mortal Kombat being one of them. I mean, again, I I really love the Resident Evil movies, but eventually those got really bad. So you can mess it up. You could definitely mess it up. I don't know. It's, I mean, it's kind of a miracle the Sonic the Hedgehog movie ended up being good because everybody was talking all types of trash about that yeah, at first. You can definitely mess them up for sure. Yeah. For sure. Definitely excited, though. So. Yeah, yeah. But... My biggest question about this whole thing is, who do you guys think is going to play Handsome Jack? I think he's like he's like kind of the, the the one of the most iconic characters in that universe as far as like being a villain and whatnot. Very charismatic guy, um, but like also just like completely bonkers, like multiple screws loose in his head. Like, who do you guys think would be a good Handsome Jack? That's a tough. I'm gonna let one. you answer that one first, Goo, because I'm still trying to think about who I think. <laughs> This is a you know like kind of like a not I want to say a stretch, or you know say like like you said, uh, we already know handsome Jack. He's a you know kind of a little crazy, but he you know got that little you know he's a little funny. You know what I'm saying he's a little oh, funny yeah. guy. So I what I feel like would play I think would do a decent job or maybe even like a great job of a handsome Jack. And it's hard to kind of like see it though, but like. Imagine Ryan Reynolds as Handsome Jack. I could totally see that. I I oh, could yeah. I would I, I could totally like, see that. You know what I'm saying with him like movies like Deadpool and stuff like that. I could see him being like Handsome Jack and just killing it. I could totally see that. I don't think he has the time for it because I'm pretty sure they're still trying to make that Deadpool three over at with Disney now oh, and yeah, MCU. True, but, true. But I could totally see that. Absolutely. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. that's a good one. Um, that would be cool. my uh, my dream cast for him. So. Chris, you, you have one or you got still have more time? I'll give you mine. No, nah, no. Nah, I, I think... Yeah, I'm going to just go with... I'm going to go with Jake Gyllenhaal. I think that would be really cool for him to do it. And it's only reason why I say this is based on like how he did uh, Mysterio yeah. and, um, and Spider-Man. Mm-hmm. I kind of feel like he'd be... I don't know if he'd be excellent at it, but I think he would give it a good shake in terms yeah. of um, He's really pulling it off. Yeah, yeah, I don't know about the look so much, but I mean, like, I feel like if they gave him a little haircut with a little to the side thing, that handsome Jack got and all that shit, yeah, yeah. I think he can pull it off. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. My pick, and this is funny because we were just talking about Sonic, but my pick, I think, would actually have to be Jim Carrey. I feel like Jim Carrey could pull that off because he's just so weird. Uh... I, I, I like that pick. My. I, 
is he too old though? That's the only yeah, question. Yeah, yeah, and that's that was the yeah. only thing I was thinking about too. Was like, is he too old? But I, I but still think he could pull it off. off. You remember yeah. when he did the Riddler way back in the day? Mm-hmm. That's true. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, yeah. I, I, I would. I, I can't think of anybody who's as like zany as him now. Who's young? <sighs> if I could have, that's probably what I, I would have went with. But I think Jim Carrey would crush that role. The only, the only thing holding him back is the fact that he's like older. Mm. True. I mean, well, with technology nowadays, I'm sure he could do something. But you know. Yeah, Jim, Jim Carrey. Carrey, Jim Carrey would be interesting. Like you say, he did the Riddler in the past, so you know he got that. You know he got some me experience. This. Riddle me that. <laughs> Who's afraid of the big black man? <laughs> 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 oh, actually, hold up. What about Neil Pat Neil Patrick Harris as him? I don't know if you guys. That's a good pick too. He's like he's younger. He's definitely much younger than Jim Carrey. Yeah, Man, I, I he's think like. He... He's got the the charisma for it. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, it's possible. <laughs> Do you know who Neil Patrick Harris is, Manny? Yeah, he's a uh, dude from How I Met Your Mother, right? Yeah, he's yeah. Barney. Yeah, Barney. Yeah. Barney. Hmm. Hmm. All right. Yeah. Yeah. We gonna we gonna keep an eye on that one because I I mean I feel like you can't do a Borderlands movie, <clears throat> and it seems like they're really pulling a, a lot of big names here. So I. I would expect that they're trying to they're trying to get Handsome Jack woven into that story. He's obviously such a big part of that universe. So yeah, we'll keep an eye out on who they choose. But mm-hmm. Neil Patrick Harris, Jim Carrey, huh. mm, not bad. Jake Gyllenhaal, do, liking that. Do you too. guys feel like um like we're on a cusp of like this being more of like a mainstream thing? Because I feel yes. like in the last year or two, stuff like this is ramping up a little bit more. Because mm-hmm. like, all right, we got the Monster Hunter movie that just released. Then we had, um, you know, what we're going to be talking about after this. And then we got this coming out. And, you know, people have teased, you know, back in the day, you know, the Halo movies and all the kind of stuff. But Gears of War movie. Yeah, it just feels like now, more than ever, I've, maybe it's because of the newfound respect that gaming's getting. Because, you know what? It, that is what it is. Because now that yeah. I think about how the superhero movies went... People used to shit on superheroes. I I don't know how many girls I used to know way back used to hate them, and now they love them. And it's just it's just different now how mm-hmm. how that stuff works. Mm-hmm. Um, but now because of the respect that the movies get, I think, or the respect of the characters, they get movies now pretty easily. Whereas gaming is still in that same. Yeah, they're just waiting for that first hitter, I mm-hmm. think, and then the next thing you know, we're gonna have the the GCU. Mm-hmm. The, the, the gaming community universe or some wild shit that comes out, but they're just waiting for the first hitter. That's all. Yeah. No, I, I was. I mean, I'm glad you brought it up now because it was actually something that I was going to tackle at the end of the episode, based off the way the next couple topics fall. But um, yeah, it seems like the the way the gaming industry is being viewed from multiple other industries is that during this pandemic, been the one industry that's been thriving, like booming mm-hmm. booming so you know if you're if you're looking to make a quick, a quick buck or you know even if you're just trying to find something something sustainable right like it, it, it works either way um you are trying to invest in the gaming industry there's a reason why you're seeing comp you know other bigger companies trying to absorb um gaming studios and whatnot 10 cent has made a heavy investment in gaming studios across the board um they actually you know, have made a heavy investment into Epic Games, which is something we're going to talk a company we're going to talk a little bit about more about later. But yeah, like 
the writing's on the wall, right? Gaming is in. Gaming is the most lucrative industry right now. So if you can tap into that by you know grabbing some characters and bringing them to the big screen, you already know that you have a pretty big fan base of people who play the games who might jump on over. Why not try to, in a sense, recreate what Marvel did or what D- Disney did with Marvel Comics, right? Like, okay, so we know that you're going to have the fan base of the comic book nerds or whatever to come watch the movies, but let's see if we can make this even broader, make it even more mainstream. Let's take all these beloved characters. Borderlands is a, is a, a great example of that because it's just a, a, a bunch of zany characters in a zany world that would make a really interesting and crazy movie. <clears throat> and then, you know, what, what we're going to get into next is an even greater world with mm-hmm. a lot of depth and a lot of characters to dive into. So, yeah, I, I think we're going to see a lot more. Even Uncharted, we forgot about that. We didn't talk about that a couple of weeks ago, and that's something that's big coming out too. You know, so like, yep. mm-hmm. yeah, nah, it's getting crazy. It's getting yeah. crazy mm-hmm. out there. Yeah, but yeah, I mean, that's yeah. I'm, again, I'm glad you brought it up because it brings us into our next topic. Um, so this week, HBO finally announced some of the castings for the Last of Us TV show. Um, probably the two most important characters in that universe. Uh, so we got Joel being cast as Pedro Pascal, most of you will know as The Mandalorian. Um, he also played um, the villain in Wonder Woman as well. Um, so he's, he's, having a, he's having a nice career up until now. Mm-hmm. And then also we, cast, uh, we got news that Ellie got casted. She's going to be played by Bella Ramsey, who most people will know as Leanna Mormont from Game of Thrones, the little girl that kind of little badass girl that everybody seems <laughs> to love. Um, Two really awesome castings. I'm really interested to see how that goes. But, you know, as always, I'll defer to you guys. What do you guys think, Chris? Um, Yeah, no, I'm excited for this, man, because not only just for the casting, but because we all know The Last of Us is a hell of a story. Um, And again, these are the things that are going to keep bringing that respect, that respect level to, like, these people who sit down and spend hours creating characters and then creating dialogue for these characters and creating stories for us to dive into. And this, these are the things that now you guys can see at a mainstream level. These gaming people are not just folks that are just nerds who just do this for other nerds. You know what I'm saying? This is, they really came up with a story here that Mm. is comparable to, you know, some good books, some other great movies and all other kinds of stuff. It's good shit. You can't deny it. So it's like, that alone is awesome. I'm very happy for them for that. Um, in terms of the actual castings, I can't say that I watched too much of The Mandalorian, but what I'll say is, you know, everybody I've known that does watch it loves it. I haven't heard one bad thing about it. So, I mean, dude got to be onto something. And when he was in Wonder Woman, that shit was dope too. So, I am mad at that. I know um, Bella Ramsey. I remember the first time I saw her on Game of Thrones, and I said, who in the fuck is this little yo? <laughs> Hey, yo, she over here with shot calling? Dude, who is this? <laughs> who is this? Dude, she was hella badass on that yep. show. So, um, she even went out like a G. She even went out like a G. You remember that? Dude, Ooh. shout out Bella Ramsey, yo. Yeah. But, um... <laughs> The, my only concern with that was that I was a little concerned with if she kind of like looked like Ellie, but I have no concern with her acting ability and her being able to to bring that character truly to life. And it's going to be cool because it's going to be seeing a whole other side of her acting. I'm very much used to just seeing what she did in Game of Thrones and she was very callous 
and hardened for a little girl on that show. So now she's gonna be doing something completely different. I'm assuming she's gonna like do a like an American accent and all kind of stuff. It's gonna be seeing her in her own light. So mm-hmm. it's kind of cool. Um, yeah, I'm excited, man. I love seeing this stuff breaking these walls down. The more we get more shit like this, the more we have more opportunities for a Mass Effect movie and some of these other really good games to get taken seriously enough for that. You know, that's that's dope, man. Let's go. So Manny, what you think, bro? Just talking about well, Last of Us 2, so, you know, give us a synopsis, bro. Well, I'll tell you this. This is the way. <laughs> I'm actually excited. Uh, Pedro Pascal as Joe. I think, I think that's an amazing fit. You know, as we know, uh, Demando, he's a badass bounty hunter that ends up like you know just, I, well, from what I seen in the first season, I haven't seen the second season yet, unfortunately. But you know, him out here protecting Baby Yoda and you know ended up bonding with the character and everything like that. I can see that kind of translate over to the Last of Us TV show where, you know, right up on it a little bit where. You know, this is uh, at least the beginning part of it is going to kind of take place of him bonding with Ellie, like in The Last of Us game. So I'm actually pretty excited. I, you know, think this will go hand in hand. Um, Like I said, the baddest bounty hunter going from, you know, this is the way to trying to survive some post-apocalyptic world. Uh, Definitely, definitely dope. And uh, Bella Ramsey, I haven't watched actually Game of Thrones, sadly. (gasps) (laughs) So... Oh, <laughs> uh, my thoughts oh, on boy. her. Cut. No, on <laughs> go ahead. <laughs> oh boy. Uh, my thoughts on her is, uh, you know, it's it's hard to picture Ellie from her, especially you know, um, you know, she doesn't really look like Ellie from the video game, but you know, I'm not gonna just you know let that be the final verdict of what I really think about her. It just depends on how she does in the show itself. So I'm excited to see how uh, everything uh, goes. Pretty much. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I mean, I, I I do echo a lot of what you guys say about the the castings. Like, I think Pedro Pascal has insane range. I think he's gonna do an amazing job. I do agree with you, Manny, that there is some parallels between him being the Mandalorian and and what you know what Joel is in the Last of Us universe. Like Joel's not really. He's like he's a quiet guy, <laughs> you know. Mm-hmm. Like relatively speaking, the Man- Mandalorian barely barely talks. Period. But yeah, Joel is on a very similar level. He doesn't necessarily talk, but he knows how to throw down. He knows how to protect people, and like you know, his his job in the game was to protect Ellie in a very similar way to the Mandalorian's job was to protect Baby Yoda. So, um, yeah, I, I think I think that's an easy translation for me. I, I, you know, aside from that, I just like I just like the actor. Period. Right? Like. And it's crazy. They both have Game of Thrones connections, right? Because Pedro Pascal was on Game of Thrones as well. Um, I forgot his name, but he died <laughs> relatively quickly. Because uh, you remember <laughs> that? He died to uh... um, he died to the mountain. He was like, oh, when he was Prince Oberyn. Yes, yes, Oberyn. Yep. Oh. Yeah, he was Prince Oberyn. Yeah. So yeah, oh, yeah. HBO is yeah. definitely keeping it in house there, he casting uh, casting two of their own. Too. Bro, he got <laughs> got. It was oh man. Can't oh even get us. Man, you gotta watch the show, man. It's so bad. Well, I don't know. <laughs> Anyways, well, <laughs> outside of that though, um, to to Manny's point, um, you know, both of your points really about um, Bella and, and her look. She doesn't she doesn't necessarily look like L 
or aka Ellen Page. Like everybody knows, Ellen Page is the the character model for the original Ellie. Um, so she doesn't really look like that. But you know, as as I mentioned to these guys off air, I have so much faith in HBO. It's like ridiculous. They they don't miss guys. Like literally every uh, series that they've come out with within this last year, two years, whatever. Like they've been huge. Euphoria, Watchmen. Um, even that, that random show, The Flight Attendant, oh, like Lovecraft and all that shit. Oh, too, yeah, right? Love Lovecraft's huge. Like everything that they do, they hit. Especially when they have like a like an IP, like a, a known entity. You know, people know The Last of Us, right? Like people have some expectations from it. I would be very surprised if they dropped the ball. So <clears throat> I have a lot of faith in all their castings. I'm sure they'll, you know, they'll do their best to make her look as much like Ellie as what we're thinking about. But ultimately, you know, to, like what Manny mentioned, I think the performance is what's going to matter. And I have no doubts about her acting chops. I think she's going to crush it. Mm-hmm. Absolutely crush it. I have a question for y'all. Y'all, um, do you guys, how, how much do you think that this show is going to be able to separate itself from something like A Walking Dead or something like that? Tremendously, I think. Because, A, it's on HBO. <laughs> So True. like the the level of con, you know gore and whatnot and, and yeah. you know sex or whatever it is that they choose to do like there's a wide they're not constrained by being on a a, a cable network right um, so that's a b I think the story of the Last of Us is so much more not more fleshed I just think they're they're just such different entities right like yeah I get that it's like post apocalyptic so on and so forth and. The Last of Us, well, obviously The Walking Dead is, is about zombies. The Last of Us are about creatures that are kind of adjacent to zombies, but they 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 create a different sense of tension to me. I think there I think there's a lot of parallels, but I don't know. I just think the story of The Last of Us just hits a lot harder than what The Walking Dead would be. I guess I'm more talking about visually because, like, I think I, I'm trying to picture this show in my head, and you know, like how after like a three seasons of Walking Dead, they got really, really, like, serious about <clears throat> how they killed off characters, even to the point where they were really, like, kind of meticulous with how they would do certain zombie deaths, to the point where, like, oh, we're going to make sure in this episode uh, we're going to have three of them halfway stuck in the mud in this uh, ravine somewhere, and we're going to have a car go through them, and they're going to explode over on this angle on the camp. You know what I'm saying? Like, they got really specific with how they did that stuff after a while. Mm. So I'm trying to understand, like, I wonder... I guess I'm just trying to wonder how much HBO can do things in a different light. Because I, I kind of am with you. I don't really think the stories are necessarily the same. But visually, you know, like scenarios where you're like in a random supermarket or something like that. You know, I think about how Walking Dead would do it with walkers and stuff like that and them trying to survive. And I'm thinking about visually how it would work for something like The Last of Us where like you're in a supermarket and then there's some random clicker or something like that. I just, I'm just wondering how, how much different it could really make some of this aesthetically look. Mm. I mean, I can, I can see it, but yeah, I don't know. Because I, I, I definitely get what you're saying. I feel like I can see the cinematography of it look different. And I think that alone would change. Like, I think the way that the, the show would have to be shot could make a big enough difference that you can keep all of the same concepts that the walking dead has and have it look different enough. Like, I don't know if you've ever, well, you probably haven't, but euphoria, 
that show is shot in a very unique way. Um, I think if you took you, you took the per, the cinematographer for Euphoria and put them on this show, I think that alone would like differentiate it from almost anything that you've ever seen on TV. Period. Euphoria to me doesn't look like anything else that's already that's out there. So if you take Euphoria, which is really about like drugs and it's it's like very colorful, but if you take the cinematography of it and put it into a post-apocalyptic like world, I think that would separate it from anything on TV. Period. So I think I think they could do it. I think they will do it. Hmm. Yeah. I kind of want to see what you're talking about now, so I gotta watch that show too. I, I absolutely recommend you watch Euphoria. That show is amazing. Absolutely amazing, um, but yeah. Anybody else have anything to add to the show, Manny? You, I, mean, I know you're a big Last of Us fan, so all I gotta say is, you know, the show better not corrupt like my da- my save data file. This dude. <laughs> <laughs> nah, but like, I mean, I know the show's gonna hit. I mean, you you already have like basically the story set in place. Uh, you know, if they do follow like kind of like the path of the Last of Us one and I'm sure the storytelling and stuff like that is going to be a banger. So I uh, definitely am excited. Word. All right. Well, our next topic here, it's kind of a weird one. It's a little different. Um, and I, I think none of us necessarily know what to make of it yet, but I think it definitely is something that can be exciting for the industry as a whole and, you know, other industries as well. But <clears throat> this week, um, this past week, I should say, Epic Games unveiled something called the MetaHuman Creator. So basically, they describe it as a browser-based app that enables game developers and creators of real-time content to slash the time it takes to build digital humans from weeks to less than an hour. Basically, the, the, the simplest way to explain this is they have a website that you can go to and essentially use the unreal engine with like a ui in itself to create like a a a human face like in moments like i again i still i still don't fully understand how to like wrap my head around this but i think once you once you take a look at it it's really almost immediately clear that this is this could be a game changer right Mm -hmm. like you think about how long it takes most content or you know most companies who are who are developing games even with the unreal engine how much time it would take them to create a character model and you essentially have access to this tool that can create any character model at any point in time and you can change all the features of that character in real time um it looks like they also mentioned that um it will incorporate with their what's it called here live um live link face iOS app so that in theory, you know, you, Manny, Chris, myself, like we could scan our, our faces into this application and put ourselves into a game or because it's not only for gaming as well. Or, you know, you can you can create like a movie with this or, you know, even like a, a TV show or some some piece of content. So in my mind, you know, the the possibilities are endless with this. <clears throat> and I, I just think it's it's something that, you know, we I think it's really important to talk about because I think it can really change the future of game development as well as, you know, the way that movies are made and things like that. Um, mm. So, Manny, I, you know, we'll, we'll go around and talk about it a little bit more because I think it helps to talk about it to get a better understanding of it. Um, so, Manny, I'll, I'll let you start off with, you know, what do you think about this so far? I definitely agree. Uh, game changing indeed. 
because we know how <clears throat> you know with these devs and you know even just small content creators that you know now or you know currently it takes a long time you know as they even explain like it could take up to months to just even create like one character and if like you're working on like something big as like a small company uh, so to say, um, and trying to have them to create like a bunch of like environment with different character models and everything like that. I mean, to just shave it down to so just like minutes to hours, it's uh, really a game changer, especially with the the link, uh, the Life Link Face app. Just to be able to like scan yourself and just be able to you know even touch up some things, make yourself look different. You know, if you want to go like with a you know, make yourself look like a goblin or anything like that. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm sure you could, you know, mess around with the life, uh, with the, um, with this, um, yeah. metahuman. Mm-hmm. So, like, it's definitely exciting. Um, you know, even what I was thinking, too, is, like, imagine, like, as the future of, like, games, like, they use something like this to be able to, like, create your own character for, like, a a game where you create your own character. Uh, like, for example, Mass Effect. Like, and just imagine, like, being able to scan your face and you being like that, you know, we just use Shepard for now, like, you know, being that Shepard character and you're like, yo, that's me. That's me in the game. And just be able to create that in minutes. That's actually like an excellent example because I'm pretty sure Mass Effect uses the Unreal Engine. So yeah, Mm -hmm. I mean, yeah, that concept is almost like a perfect fit. And so like, yeah, go ahead. I was going to say like, that's, that's what I'm taking out of this is that like, you know, the future of gaming, like, you know, a lot of RPG games that you do create your own character, like, just to be able to, like, have that possibility, um, you know, for games that do uh, use Unreal Engine. So, you know, I'm I'm hoping that in the future I get to see myself in a lot more games than just playing NBA 2K, which, are, you know, <laughs> as kind of a crappy face game feature already. So <laughs> we'll see how that goes. All right. Word, word. Chris, what do you think about this, man? Um... I mean, I, I'll be honest, I don't really know 100% how much it's going to affect things going forward because it, it it could either be really big or it could be something that people just decided to say, yeah. But on the outside looking in, it's like... It, it, let me put it this way. It looked so realistic that the only thing I could truly point out that it clearly was not, and it's the one, the two areas that I think these people have struggled with with this stuff for like over two decades is the hair I knew you were gonna say that. and the teeth. <laughs> It's the only two things. It literally. I knew you were going to say and, that. And, and I get it. The teeth thing, I'm, I'm surprised we're not there yet. But the hair part, I get why. That's really hard to make look realistic in, in, in a game. So I, I get it. To make it look like it's moving in the air and being all whimsical like hair actually is, it's very tough to get that down. So even though they've somehow got water down, but that's another <laughs> another discussion. Uh, but anyway. Um. But yeah, it's it's crazy. I'm trying to think about like outside of the box ways that this can be used because like, like you telling me, nah, I don't think it could get used like that. You know those things that people have the bitmojis and all that kind of bullshit that people mm-hmm. use. Like, is I, this I, something that leads into better versions of that? Is I this do. something that I, I think it does? Like, it does. and like Goop kind of touched on this too for the for the small developers, man, the people who only have. We were talking about buying me like a week or two ago, and I remember one of the points was that one of the reasons why they've been taking so long to get this game right is because it's only 20 people working on this game over all this time. Mm-hmm. So if the workaround was months to sometimes maybe even a couple of years or whatever to get certain things right, I mean, 
for them, this is a major, 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 major win. You know, you don't have to sit there and worry about, um, you know, resources or manpower or whatever because it's 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 easy. You know, games like Destiny, who constantly, constantly, constantly go back to the point where it's like, well, we don't know if we want to allocate resources to be able to build this or to build that or to do X, Y, or Z or whatever. I'm thinking if this can become something that's even beyond just character models, because can this become something where you're able to go in it eventually and make a building out of nowhere for something? Because then now you're talking about damn near being able to make your own damn game mm-hmm. on like a way more bigger level than something yeah. like a Minecraft, you know? Yeah. And um, I don't know what that, that that's when it's like kind of wild. Yeah, I mean, I I would have to. I obviously not a game developer, don't know that much about game design or development, but I would have to imagine that the hardest part of game development would be the character model. So if they can do this with a character model and have the level of quality that we're looking at with this thing, I, yeah, I would have to imagine that there's got to be some version of this that they can do with built, like building an entire world. The thing that makes this interesting is this is unreal engine, I believe four running in the cloud. So, this ain't even five. It's not even five. Yeah, exactly. And it, it looks it looks like that. And we're not even at five yet. So, you know, the things you mentioned with the hair and all that stuff, like I actually think the hair looks decent compared no, to it's you know, good. Yeah, it's compared good. to what we have now. But like, you know, then we get to five and like they, they can get the, the strands of hair looking even more realistic than that. Like we this is clearly a taste. And there's a reason why Epic's giving us a taste in this way. <clears throat> I, I I can see to me, the biggest thing about this from a game gaming standpoint is it runs on Unreal Engine. Unreal Engine is probably the most ubiquitous engine there is in the gaming industry. I would argue that probably 75 to 80% of games are run on Unreal Engine. Like you mentioned, Mass Effect, um, Hellblade, uh, Gears of War, like... Plenty, plenty, plenty of games are run on the Unreal Engine. So for them to have something like this exists in the world where, you know, like 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 they like they said in the tagline basically, you can take minutes to an hour or something like that to create a full on character model, like that's huge. But let's put gaming aside for a moment, because obviously that's kind of what we've been doing a little bit as the theme of this episode here. Let's look at like other forms of content creation. So Chris, like something that you you've always talked about is um, who's the creator that you mentioned on YouTube? Mr. Moon, was it? Yeah, Mr. Moon, man. So, so Mr. Moon. So let's give, give me a little rundown on Mr. Moon. What does he do? Mr. Moon is a YouTuber who does a lot of role-play stuff. So um, he'll find a game, like let's say, for example, a DayZ, and he'll maybe go on Reddit or something like that, start up a, a chat in order to find people to flood this server. They'll start it privately. And then everybody who's on the server has a character that they literally will play out in the roleplay. And then he takes that later on and posts. He chops it up, adds effects, all kinds of shit like that. And he turns it into a mini feature film for YouTube. So that that's what his thing is. So now imagine if Mr. Moon can nix out Daisy or Rust or any of those types of games. And he's just going directly to, to MetaHuman Creator and creating a whole storyline with these characters that, that he's making in a matter of minutes, like these different facial models that he's making in a matter of minutes. So now you're role-playing. You're basically negating the need for a game or any other, you know, engine, I guess you could say, 
and now you have the ability to fully make like a, a full-fledged story just using this metahuman creator and you know voice actors like that's where my mind is going with this content um yeah yeah, <clears throat> yeah like you know yeah. kind of like what you mentioned right um the uh what are they called on iphone again the emojis or emojis or whatever mm-hmm. they call them so yeah imagine imagine a different scenario where you know instead of I know some people have been doing this too, but on Twitch, right? If if you if you don't want to show your face on Twitch, but you want people to have a general understanding of what you look like and whatnot, you you like slap that metahuman character, like into your into the bottom corner of your Twitch feed or whatever, and like it's when you talk, its lips are moving, so on and so forth. Like it's basically functioning as like a digital version of you. Like, like I the gorillas. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I mean. Even even I the gorillas still never though. Seen what they look like this whole time. I don't know what they look like. <laughs> but there's so many different scenarios I can see where like people are making you know cartoons like there. It basically unlocks so much potential for people in almost every different level of content creation, right? So like if you're if you're um, Microsoft and you know the Gears of War team down at the Coalition, they use Unreal Engine heavily. This would help them to get certain character models up a little bit quicker, right? Uh, let's say you're a double A developer like Bloober Team, who just made the medium, and they need to they need to update the character model for some new character in their game, right? So they, they're a little less budget than the Coalition, so they have less resources, less time to do all these things. They benefit from this. You and I, you know, and Chris, Chris, you've alluded to the fact that you'd be interested in doing something similar to what Mister Moon does. So, boom. Here, here's your yeah. opportunity to do that with, you know, with with an easier tool. We don't know how much this is all going to come out to, if it's if it's going to cost a lot of money, whatever, what have you. But the fact is, it's there, and it seems like it's relatively easy to get into. I I just feel like it's it's such a big deal for the industry at large. You know, Epic's already kind of alluded to the fact that they're looking to get Unreal Five, or Unreal Engine Five, into the hands of um, Hollywood, you know, creators, so that they can. Uh, create cartoons and, and so on and so forth, but to be able to use this metahuman creator, which seems to be kind of out there for everybody, it, man, yeah, I think it's a big deal. Yeah, I'll tell you one thing, man. Two K need to definitely try to engage in some kind of partnership <laughs> with these folks because I've I haven't played Two K the new one at all, but anytime I've tried to download that stupid facial scan thing and create a character, literally be having me looking like a whole smush. All right, uh, no, <laughs> I'm tired of that. Been a decade of this trash ass character. <laughs> Literally a decade. I am. Oh, that's funny. So, like, do you guys think this will push some dev- developers to start using Unreal instead of what they've currently been using? Or because I don't know how hard this is going to be for somebody to emulate and within their shit. You know what I'm saying? Like, can can Bethesda get away with using what they want to use, which is what their own in-house, I think, engine or some bullshit. And yeah, well, to say wayside to when these people are making these advances and the other shit, like that's kind of wild to think about. Like, I don't yeah. know. This actually might be something I might have to look up off off air, but I'm not sure what Fallout uses, like Fallout and, and um, Skyrim. But Bethesda does create something called id tech id tech would probably have been like if if unreal engine is the most ubiquitous engine in the world i think id tech would have been a couple notches underneath that because they did license out id tech to a lot of other studios um but id tech is what doom runs on wolfenstein um 
Death Loop, the one the game that's coming out, Dishonored. Mm-hmm. Like, there's a very large swath of games that run off id Tech, and id Tech's actually very, very good. Um, I think they're they're probably the exception to this rule. And in, in the mm-hmm. and it's, it's funny that you you brought it up, and I think the reason why you brought it up is really just because of Fallout. And I think Fallout uses something completely different because it's super buggy, and you know, we know that. But <laughs> <laughs> but Bethesda at large, like the the entire Zenimax um, company now owned by Microsoft, they use id Tech, and id Tech is like very top tier uh, technology. Like looks beautiful. Um, but yeah, I would imagine outside of Bethesda and you know id Tech and whatnot, I would imagine that yes, other other studios. The better that Epic gets at making this engine and making it um, as versatile as possible to make it so that you can run a sports game on it or a fantasy game on it or a shooter on it or like whatever. Um, the more versatile Unreal Engine gets, the more the industry is going to use it. And I, yeah, mm-hmm. I cannot, you're right, uh, Chris, I, I can absolutely see that this metahuman thing is another notch in its belt and another developer will go and use it because of this. And I think, mm-hmm. you know, it, it, it should help the game industry at large, for sure. Yeah, yeah. and definitely those smaller uh, industries, too, like those indie game companies, definitely, um, you know, take advantage of this Unreal Engine feature where, you know, they may have, like, you know, a couple of people just in an in-house studio just making a small indie game. And, you know, instead of making something, like, that looks kind of, like, low-budget in the sense, like, you know, using this meta-human creator, uh, they can make their, you know, <laughs> game actually look like what a triple a title would look like but you know you know as a small company mm-hmm. which will definitely help them out in like the long run yeah and it'll help them focus more on story or focus more on gameplay like that that stuff and i think that's the beauty of the unreal engine too is like you know no matter what you do the game the game's gonna look good because the engine mm-hmm. is is built in such a way that these games look you know pretty high quality so if you get that stuff out of the way and you're not worried about trying to optimize the engine to work for this or optimize the engine to work for that, that's that's the advantage of having something that already is developed to work as best as it possibly can is now you can focus on your story. You can focus on your gameplay. And I think, yeah, it makes the whole industry mm-hmm. better for it. Definitely. Yeah, man. It's kind of wild, man. Super, super, super wild. Super, super like. I wonder if this is also going to affect um, just workflows in general, like how people have to work remotely right now because of the pandemic or whatever. Like eventually, obviously, hopefully, we go back to a, a normal state or whatever. But maybe this also helps that situation because I, I hear it from a lot of people. Such when the pandemic first started, it was like you know we our manpower is a little fucked up because you know we're all working from home mm-hmm. on these little makeshift setups and trying our best here but we can't hit the deadlines like we want to because a lot of our resources are in the uh the studios and da, 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 da. like this this makes it like you know what this reminds me of this reminds me of you, you guys are gonna laugh this reminds me of soldier boy right <laughs> okay oh wait hear me yeah now. yeah hear me I'm, I'm waiting right. soldier boy was a dude in his basement that grabbed foodie loops mm, okay. and was just able to put together some shit in his basement and it worked and he got big. This is kind of like what this reminds me of. Like you're going to be able to now you're like, you're not a game designer or anything like that. Cause you're not, but <laughs> like you can go kind of do some of what they do a little bit on your own. And then it shit, it might, it might pop. 
Mm-hmm. Lord knows, man. Somebody might make a, make a character and start a whole YouTube like channel off of it and make a whole TV show out of it and like get popping this out. Yeah, you know that's Absolutely. crazy. I mean, you know, even like just being able to like shut down time with the, you know, the FaceLink app, or, um, you know, instead of having to, you know, just sit there and just create a whole cast, you know, it could just be like, you know, something as small as, yo, you want to just be in my game real quick? I just gotta have you do this real quick for me. You know, scan your face, and then you know, you that's it. You're like, you're basically in the game, and you don't have to do anything else. Like, yeah, you know, it's just. Yeah, a lot more Johnny Silverhand type of situations, man. A lot more cameos <laughs> and shit. A lot more all that. Could be, yeah. Could could yeah. be. Mm-hmm. Um I Chris, to your point about uh kind of like the more like soldier boys of gaming, um, I, I love that you brought that up. Like it, it's 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 funny because again, we're talking about Unreal Engine. Um, but that game, uh, Bright Memory Infinite, yeah. that's like exactly what happened there that that game is made by one man <laughs> like that game looks <laughs> absolutely beautiful that. I still can't that. yeah made by one guy and i'm pretty sure he's using unreal engine <laughs> funny enough um yeah i mean he i guess he had he claimed he had a little bit of help with some of the assets and whatnot but like yeah for him to be able to create that almost entirely by himself using you know unreal engine like a, a free software that's out there for you know for people to use. like extremely impressive so yeah it, it, it definitely that him alone he is the poster child for this right and he didn't even i'm sure he didn't even have access to the meta human creator thing so you know th- that can create a whole new generation of, of content creators out there you know making games making videos on youtube making all different types of stuff so yeah i'm i'm really really excited mm-hmm. to see where that goes and to, to see it's only an early access so you'd have to imagine that what this really equates to is Unreal Engine in the cloud. You have to imagine that these bigger name studios like, you know, Sony, you know, Microsoft, Sony, like all, all the bigger companies, they probably already have access to something like this. It had to have been kind of pushed out to their higher level clientele before they went ahead and pushed it out to the masses. So I'm sure that, you know, we're pro- these companies are probably already reaping the benefits of this, especially due to COVID and whatnot. So... Mm-hmm. We'll, see, we'll see where all that goes. We'll see where all that goes. I'm excited to see more about it. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, guys, uh, viewers, as always, you know, just let us know what you guys think about this stuff in the comments. Let, you, let us know what you think this can mean for the gaming industry and, you know, just entertainment business as a whole. Because, you know, as we've talked about, there's so many different ways this thing can go. Um, but yeah, before we head out, uh, as always, we're going to let these guys let you know where they can where you guys can go find them afterwards. So, Manny, go ahead and start it off. You already know, Gootmaster Flex on every platform. You're... <laughs> Gootmaster Flex on Twitch, uh, Instagram, Gootmaster Flex underscore TTV, and then uh, Twitter, Gootmaster Flex underscore. There we all go. Right, all right. But Chris, where can the people find you, bro? Once again, on everything. M A Y two five T H X X on everything, and I be saying it, man. Y'all need to be pen paling me, man. The people still pen paling in twenty twenty one. I don't know, but I got <laughs> Gmail for y'all. <laughs> oh God! All right, and uh, as always, for me, I'm Black Ice Eight, pretty much everywhere. Xbox, PlayStation, Twitter, 
Um, the only thing is on Instagram, BlackIceA underscore gaming. And as always, check out the uh, podcast IG, which is Expat Pod. And we'll check you guys out next week. Have a good one. All right. Yeah.